Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. How many of you out there enjoy fictional books from time to time? I know I do. I'm an avid reader. I usually read between 20 and 25 books every year. I also spend a lot of time in books researching for the ministry and the sermons and all that. But every now and then, I just need to take a break from doing research and just enjoy picking up something that changes the pace for me a little bit. It allows me to get refreshed, but at the same time, continue to learn. Amen. Our guest today allows you to do just that. Oliver Michael Duty professionally has been an architect for over 40 years, practicing in the Santa Fe, New Mexico area, but he has since moved to the south and now resides down in Greenville, South Carolina. He devotes his time to writing and finding ways to affirm and share God's presence in his life. He's also an author of a couple books, Egg Crate Beginnings, published back in 2017, and his most recent book, Canaan Found, published in 2023, and the subject of our discussion today. Amen. Help me welcome to the program. Oliver Michael Duty. Michael, it's such a blessing to have you with us today to discuss this great book, Canaan Found. I appreciate your time today. Well, I'm excited to be here and I'm glad to visit with you. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Oliver Michael Duty? Well, that's, uh, let's see. We want to keep this brief. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am a person that uh, has, I think I enjoy many, many interests, and I'm pretty good at a lot of things, maybe great at nothing. I like to, always used to like to say, but I think as I've gotten older, I now look to be great at a few things. I uh, was always involved, interested in several, a few things, a few important things. One was I was always very artistic. And I loved the and I loved the wilderness, the outdoors. And I also loved, was fascinated with human nature. And I think somehow they all combined along with a few experiences to um, make me become a, 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 a person that focused on God. Not in the church sense. I never went to church as a young young child. Matter of fact, I never set foot in a church until I was in junior high. Um, but um, at any way, we'll come back to that. But I'm a person that likes creativity, honesty, truth and honesty, and human nature. And I like to tell stories. And I have a lot of interests, and I've enjoyed pursuing all of them. And I try to bring all my interests to bear on whatever I'm doing. So even as an architect, my interest in the wilderness had an effect, but certainly my my faith had an effect, and uh, my interest in art, of course, played a big role. And the same thing when I transitioned out of architecture and became a writer, I think it all is there in writing. 
those are some of the, my primary interests. And I've been, of course, married for 55 years and organized in that regard. And that's me. Yeah. Amen. Congratulations on that. We just passed 45. So I'm trying to catch up with you. But, uh... Yeah. Well, you've gotten <laughs> to the point. There's no sense turning back. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. Now, Canaan found it's a fictional story, but the premise, if I understand it correctly, is to explore the presence of God in our daily life. How do you accomplish this in your book, Canaan Found? That's a good question. I think that, first off, let me say that I probably started writing short stories and attempts at books 20 years ago. Mm. And certainly short stories and short blurbs, opinion pieces, things of that nature, um, long ago. And I really wanted to tell a story. And I had many stories I wanted to tell because I guess I am a storyteller. I've always been the storyteller. When I take people into the wilderness, I usually sit around the campfire and regale them with stories. And even when I'm in professional practice, I would break out into a story lots of times, hopefully on the subject. But at any rate, I've always been a storyteller. And um, I started to write books and things. And and I didn't have a lot of time, but I was enjoying it. But what really sustained me is I remember one time in prayer, I asked, I was saying something along the lines of, you know, um, what can I do to help? How can I serve the Lord? And it was funny. It was like a, I was struck out of the clear blue. It was like somebody said to me, write your story, stupid. And so at that point, I thought, well, that's it. If I'm going to write, which I like to do, let's let's see let's do it so that it glorifies or illuminates or honors the lord and but at the same time you know i like to be funny and i had been a little ribald at times and all kinds of uh, my stories have been all over the map so i first when i wrote my first book it was really a biography because after all i, I always encourage people to write their story and to write because after all um, that's the only way people learn about you. And I know that my life, as I wrote it, I was thinking, well, who wants to read my life? And I said, well, that's not the point. The point is actually many do family and friends. And, but the other thing is the value of writing. And I wrote my first book, which was my story. And it was, a, it was, a dial, uh, I guess they call it journal journaling, but it was much more than that. It was very funny and very interesting. And, um, I enjoyed that. And it got published much to my, I won't say surprise. I hoped it would. And it did very easily. And it's done pretty well. And then, and then um, the other stories, I chose fiction as a way to go about really breaking out of, of that and allowing to create some characters. And so, and I had a, a squash partner, a pro squash partner who asked me one time, as others did some on occasion, why do you believe in God? And, and, you know, you like to give them an answer. And sometimes you don't have time to sit down and go through it for two hours. And so I've developed many answers. But one of the answers that I chose to, to follow was to explore in my written work what it might look like to be in the presence of God. And I believe that God is present in all of us and it's up for us to just simply acknowledge it. And I think there's a quote in the first of the book to that effect. Mm -hmm. He in, he is, he is in us. 
And all we have to do is let him in and acknowledge his presence. And then uh, that doesn't mean things explode and go wonderful all of a sudden, but that means that you've got a partner and you're walking with him and uh, you and he can uh, confront all things that are come along good things, bad things, interesting things, funny things, and fattening things. And you can, you can <laughs> confront them all. So my book, Canaan Found, is a story of people that uh, characters I created that come out of my past. I have a strong cowboy kind of a lot of time on the horseback working at some cattle, some cattle working, some just riding in the wilderness and doing some trail guide and living in the wilderness with horseback and and uh so it's the story of a cowboy and who's grown up in the west and um gets a inheritance and it pulls him back into the a place of his youth which i chose the place of my youth not because i could explain i could talk with clarity about the history so he goes back into the ozarks to a little town in rogers and inherits his farm and he has responsibilities that he has to meet. He also has joy. He gets to reunite with some of his old friends. He goes to a class reunion and and he inherits a farm and he reunites with his sister, which is a close relationship. And and um he he uh he's never been to church and his sister drags him to church and he has to come confront that reality. And uh, but he walks with the Lord. Um, but he's left also with a mystery. Because when he had that, when he inherited the ranch, the his uncle left him with a with a mystery. He or not a mystery, rest him with a responsibility to confront a historical mystery and to bring it to the forefront in a way that was going to put a lot of spotlight on it. It was all about a murder that took place in, in the forties, and uh, he ran into a little bit of um, opposition. Mm to discharging his responsibilities and it's kind of fascinating and it took him a while to unravel it and he got in a little trouble while he did it Mm. and then on top of all of that he reunited with a uh, an old love of his he had never been married he'd been alone all his life in the mountains and he reunited with the old love affair from the from the high school days which really took off so it's a story on several levels yeah amen amen so let me get this straight the main character is returning home to inherit the family farm yep but the receiving the inheritance if i understand correctly is contingent on him investigating and discovering the truth and i believe it was a murder of a deputy sheriff that had occurred yeah he was on the farm yeah no uh he was left the farm by his uncle Mm-hmm. And one of the parts of one of the things that he's left was a locked trunk and the locked trunk, he said, was things that he could review when he got there, mm-hmm. uh, his eyes only. And in the locked trunk, there were uh, indeed a lot of memorabilia, but there was also a letter, two letters, one to the the main character, Caleb, one to Caleb, telling him about a murder that had taken place years ago. And the um, other letter was a letter to be delivered to the the mayor of, of the town, uh, outlining his intent to make restitution hmm. for the murder and to endow the town with some funds. And it sounded like a good idea. Look, you know, it was kind of a come clean of old history. But Caleb runs into a little bit of a little bit of resistance to coming clean based on where the 
murder took place and where of all things where the body's buried which becomes the truth and getting at that. So it's a, it's a responsibility that he has to jump through some hoops. Yeah. And um, in, and in the meantime, he gets, uh, he, he has some fun with it, not fun, but he reunites with his old best friend and they spent, they've always been good friends and they work on the thing together. So it's a tag team and a lot of fun. So did, I don't want you to give away the storyline, but did the police investigation never produce the information on who committed the crime? Oh, I don't think I'll tell you that. I'll just tell you that the uh, police did not technically investigate it like they should do it because other influences got in the way and other players and other parts. It's not it's not a political intrigue, but other players got in the way and it brings in some of the issues in development, construction, historical preservation and uh, local political politicians that might be getting a little bit wealthy on the on their role as as their as the you know as a leader a little bit of mixed bag on a smaller level of everything that goes on all the time amen so as he's searching for the truth is this somehow related to how each of us must also search for truth as it relates to our relationship with god i think a big emphasis on truth Mm-hmm. A big emphasis on truth, because if you're not working in the truth, you're not working at all mm. uh, or you're working in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. And so he had a lot of non-truths thrown at him and how he um, weathered those, acknowledged them, weathered them and dealt with them as part of it and how he took control and saw to it that the truth would come out. Um, so, yeah, it's devoted on truth, Amen. devoted to so, truth. So the story causes basically to reflect on the presence of God in our own lives, correct? Yes, it does, because one of the other parallel stories is that he's never been in, in a church. He's been antagonistic towards church slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very, he's very close to the Lord in his mind and in reality. And so he finally finds a little church and uh, uh, that gives an opportunity to play off really discussions about the Lord and about the Lord in not only his life, but in the other people's lives in this little um, church that color, color his walk and it helps illuminate his attitude. Um, So I think there's, uh, and there's always, there's always honesty in it. There's always honesty, and it's uh, it, it's a fun read. I think I've gotten many reactions, lots of reactions, reviews, and lots of requests for a sequel. And I, that took that took me by surprise. I thought, well, I'll just get this done. This is fun. I mean, but I could see how it could continue. I don't know what I think Amen. about a sequel. And I've had lots of uh, lots of letters from saying thank thanking me and for the book. And so I'm real pleased with the amen. book and it's just a matter of getting the word out. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, you share that you also use a lot of humor to help the reader pause and reflect on our own lives and how we interact with others, etc. How are some of the ways you interject humor into a murder investigation? Yeah, well, in the first place, I don't know that. I think if you've got humor, and you've got joy. Joy, you, humor is like the patina of joy. Yeah. And so, Amen. Uh, Amen. if you've got a if you've got a joyful outlook, uh, you you can't help but see the humor, and sometimes live the humor, yeah. and certainly tell the humor to to. And I've always 
been able to lighten the mood through not so much jokes, but just a creative, humorous view of life in a manner that causes us to, you know, reflect in a, in a way that's joyful. I think yeah. that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm, and I've I'm, got a lot of stories, so I can always, I can always squeeze in a story about this or that or the other. And I have a, been, I've been given a gift that I can remember jokes and people would say, yeah, how do you remember all those jokes? And I would say, well, give me a subject. And they, they would say cow. And I would say, okay, I'll give you all my cow jokes. And so, <laughs> uh, and so I think it's, but it's, Really, it's about human nature. I think it's about what it's like to be joyful. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I remember when I was, I think it was ninth grade in high school. I was in an English class and uh, the instructor said something and whatever it was, I turned it into a pun, you know, and, and just kind of blurted it outside and the whole class busted up laughing and stuff. And, and this instructor, he was along the same personality, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. Um, he stopped the class. He goes, I want to say something here about Mr. Thibodeau. I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm in trouble now, you know, type thing. And, and he said, he has a serious disease. Unfortunately, there's no cure for it. It's called punitis, and he'll be plagued with this his whole life. <laughs> and it's true, because I could, you know, if somebody could say something, I'd just turn it oh, right into something else and, and just lighten the whole mood yep. of the situation, you know, and, and, uh, my daughter was over yesterday and she's telling me my grandkids, you know, we're talking about what, you know, what Christmas season at the time of this recording, uh, we're late mid September. So Christmas is coming. And I say, you know, what, what should, you know, they're, they're growing up. They're like seven, 16, 17 years old. You can't buy them toys anymore. You know, I said, what, what should we get? And I says, they just want to hang out with you. You know, they say you take them bowling or, you know, top golf or something like that. As long as they get to hang out with you. Cause they're like, Papa is so much fun. You know, he's got a lot of great stories and, and he's so funny all the time. He can turn anything into a joke, you know? So, so they just want to hang out. You do whatever we want. And they'll be blessed with it. You know? So yeah, you can, uh, I know exactly what you're saying because I have four grandkids here and, yeah, yeah. and they've always really enjoyed both me and my wife and they'll yeah. just come over. They'll just call up and say, we're coming over. Yeah. And then of course, when they get there, they say, what's here to eat. And then, uh, <laughs> that's Travis always, department. <laughs> And, and so, you know, we, uh, but we do a lot together and I enjoy, and they definitely enjoy the humor, the humorous. Right. I, I won't say that their parents are humorless. They're not, no, no. but they're, they're not as, uh, they're sometimes they're, it's not as pliable as it is at our house. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I got a sign out front that says grandkids, you know, big letter, grandkids, welcome anytime parents by appointment only. <laughs> <laughs> They love that. They point to it when they come in the house. Well, I, I, I'm very fortunate. My son-in-law and my daughter both are graduate of DTS seminary. Amen. And they, they have God. their own, they have, I'll give a plug for them. Um, they're, they're, he, he's with hearts for eternity and he goes back and forth to, to Africa and other places. And they're going to, a, they're having a thing in Dallas in October where they go and uh, host a, a, a Christian gathering and they do it weekly basis here in Greenville. Amen. So they, he was in the regular traditional church for a long time, but they've left and they're building their own ministry. So we go and we work with them and, and my daughter's really intuitive and a great teacher. And so we have that little thing to participate in and um support Amen. and all the kids are in it too it's great 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. So is the purpose of your book to help the reader somehow see themselves in this story? You know, I think I write because of two things. It's fun because I like creating stuff. I used to teach a course in Boston at the college level called creative thinking. And so uh, anytime you're in, and there's so much, no matter what you're doing, you, you can be and should be creative. So I think I, and I oil paint and I'm, I told you I'm playing the violin. I'm trying to learn it. So to me, it's, it's all about making something. And so I enjoy making books and I enjoy putting words on paper. And I, then secondly, you do, you do it for the others' enjoyment, others' edification. I can't say that I have a mission of converting anybody, but no, that's not true. I do. I have a mission of trying to answer the question. Five, 10, 15 years ago, I guess, 15 years ago, my squash partner in a tournament asked me why I believed in God. And I gave him some sort of flip answer at the time. And it wasn't, is okay, but it wasn't good. And so that's one of the reasons I wrote my first book and I dedicated it to him. I said, this is an answer to your question. I can't, I can read theology to you. You can read the Bible. I can quote verses to you, but that's not my gig. I think what I would like to do is to illustrate how the Lord works in the lives of everyday normal ordinary human beings. And it's not always, you know, earth shaking or miraculous. As a matter of fact, it usually isn't, but it's fundamental and it's fundamental on how it affects everything else in life that we do. So my books are about, I think that they're about just that, just illustrating, bringing a character to life that is really comes to life putting him in a setting that is understandable and, and comprehensible and, and one can see what situation he's in and then illustrate how his walk with God uh, works as he deals with his life or her life. Well, you mentioned a possible sequel that you haven't made up your mind on, but either way, what's next? Well, I have about three three different storylines that I'm toying with that I'd like to write next. And I don't know which, I don't sit down and start writing. What I do is I think about it. At least what I have done is I think about it for a year or two. Mm. I walk around and think about stuff and I'll make notes and throw things in a bucket and then I'll go back through them. And uh, then I'll, you know, cause we, we forget how much we forget. Yeah. And you know, yeah. then you go back and you go, Oh yeah, that's right. And then somehow they all come together and it takes a form. I can easily see a sequel coming about. Amen. Um, and I could also just as easily see a new format because there's other characters I want to create and other situations. Mm. And so, um, and some of it, you know, a lot of it is personal things that, you know, I was, I grew up, going in the going out to the west i had lost my mother she had died of tuberculosis and it was my dad and i so i experienced some issues or some some uh i won't say trauma because it wasn't it was just the regularities of life and i've experienced things and and um and so with those emotions and understanding you can bring it to apply to a lot of situations as you write 
Um, and so it's uh, it's something I just enjoy doing, and I want to show people the Lord through people. Man, man, Michael, this is so interesting. How can someone obtain a copy of your book, Canaan Found? Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's in uh, uh, Kindle form and um, bound, and it's uh, so it's on Amazon. And the uh, you can get it. There are a couple. You, of course, you can get it through a bookstore. Anybody can order it. And I've had two or three, a couple of book signings, and I'm going to have one right. or two more at local. One is at a bookstore in Rogers, Arkansas, where the book is set, Amen. which was the Amen. which was the first book signing. There. Was, there was quite a bit of interest in the book there because of the fact that it was set in, in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, and uh, one of the characters in my book, who is is my sister, not my sister. Well, one, one of the characters in the book is Caleb's sister. Okay. And I have a sister that is that that character is, yeah. I thought, somewhat modeled after. Well, some of the people in Rogers thought it was rather rather significantly modeled after so that increased their enjoyment and i was Amen. worried that it might upset my sister but she reveled in it she loved it so anyway i had a book signing there it's on amazon and it's at bookstores and um Amen. Glad. well i'll don't want to leave out it's on my website yeah uh michael duty books and i have both books on available on the yeah. web website Amen. Amen. If someone wanted to reach out to you to ask a question or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Uh, well, the easiest way is, I guess I give out my phone number. Well, uh, I wouldn't do that, but no, I know, but I mean, I'm thinking, or... I'm thinking of, yeah, my email, I, I give out my email. Yeah. Okay. All right. And do you want me to just state that? Yeah. yeah okay. It's uh, real simple. It's M duty one at charter.net that's m m d u t y the number one mm -hmm. at charter c h a r t e r dot net amen amen and you said uh people can order your book they probably do you have a contact form something like that on your website as well yes on the website is they can order it and it'll ship directly to it's just like amazon yep okay what's the website address again uh michael duty books okay Michael Duty books. We'll put all this down in the show notes below. Praise yeah. the Lord. And and oh, go ahead. No, okay. no I, I I was listening with my mouth open. I was <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say we'll put all this down in the show notes below. But you know, I absolutely highly recommend this book, folks. Like I said, I love to read fiction from time to time. Because it allows you to take a break from reality. But when you read some great fiction that helps you to contemplate your relationship with God and those around you, it becomes something that could benefit you basically for eternity. Amen. I want to encourage you to drop down the show notes right now. Reach out to Michael Duty, of course. But I highly want to encourage you to click the link right there in the show notes to buy his book, Canaan Found. This book is going to open doors for you that you don't even know about right now as you contemplate the story of the fictional Caleb character caleb and relate everything that's going on in your own walk with god amen drop down the shows click the links right there don't forget christmas is coming just a few months from now at the time of this recording this book would make a tremendous gift to a friend or loved one that you know enjoys reading this type of book i can't recommend it enough i you you can order your books yes i said that plural order the books 
right now simply by clicking the links below. You can purchase one for your own use, another copy or two or three or four. Use them as great Christmas gifts as well. You never know how God is going to use you to spread the gospel to someone else that you care about by using this great book. Michael, it has been such a blessing to have you on the program today. I do appreciate you taking the time to join us. This is great. And, and you know, I want to stay in touch with you and have you come back on again sometime. Well, I really appreciate it. It's great fun. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Michael Duda and myself, this past about reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.